amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the longest running Bigfoot podcast on Blog Talk Radio. The original Squatch Detective Radio, featuring your host, Steve Coles and Chris Bennett. Three decades of Bigfoot research. Two decades of Bigfoot Radio. Here we go. 911, what are you reporting? Uh, we got someone or something crawling around out here. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, this isn't a man. And the whole time, the whole thing was shadowing us, right behind us, right on the side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. There are thousands of perfect people whose word would be good on any other subject who describe getting a good look at an enormous hair-covered upright animal, and that is a fact. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch Detective Radio for today's date, August 19th, 2018. I am your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, along with my co-host, Mr. Chris Bennett. Good evening, Chris. Hi, Steve. How are you doing this fine evening? I am doing wonderful. No humidity. It's getting a little cooler out. I like yes. it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're also cooling off a little bit in Kentucky. And we got the got the boy back in school now, so school started up for uh, uh, pretty soon. We'll be on fall break here. I mean, uh, well, sometime in October. So we're going to be getting some cooler weather coming in. Uh, did a quick internet search, and guess what? Still pops up number one search is Bigfoot spotted crossing rural New York highway. So uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, still was... the news of the nation. Sure is. Um... You know, and it's kind of funny, uh, uh, there was a little discussion with me and another uh, researcher from New York, and yeah. uh, he turned around to me and says, well, you know, I'm not necessarily buying that because, you know, on September 29th, which I will be appearing at, is the Whitehall Sasquatch Calling Festival. Right. And I was like, no, 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 I, I don't think that has anything to do with it. Number one, the, the person who reported the sighting actually was a 79-year-old man. Uh, who wishes yeah. to remain anonymous, who has nothing to yeah. do with the festival. And the festival right. is free, so it's not like anybody's yeah. going to get any, you know, they're not going to make any more money if, you know, yeah. if more people show up. Um, so, uh, and I think if it was a, if, yeah, if it also, I believe if it was for a publicity stunt, Steve, they would have probably done it a little bit closer, like, you know, a day or two before, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I know Paul Bartholomew, and Paul Bartholomew interviewed right. him, felt he was very sincere and correct. And there's, right. there's a lot of things that guy did not know. He did not know that, like, 10 years earlier, um, there had been a rash of sightings in that area for a couple of years. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And uh, almost uh, almost to the day, there was another roadside crossing, I think, uh, maybe about, I want to say, I couldn't have been 10 years ago, but I would probably dare say about three, four years ago, almost to the day, there was another roadside crossing within a couple hundred yards there. So definitely oh. something something definitely is is going on out there and um you know that it, and this is the time and, and as I said to the other researcher who kind of said yep good enough um I it, it's also this time of year when activity picks up in Whitehall in the Adirondacks is usually August, September, October and it goes on through about the beginning of December. So this is yeah. the time of year when it, it picks up. So it made all the sense in the world. And um and that would be interesting to note, uh, you know, the if you got a topo map, uh, the area through there where that crossing is happening at, that would be something to check into. If you've got the exact area, let me know after the show. I'd like to look look into that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you to the south of it, there's apples. To the uh-huh. north of yeah. it, there, there were apples. Um, but then again, huh. there were apples there. Well, we, we also the other interesting thing is is about uh, to the north side of that is A Bear Road, and remember when we yeah. had Seth Breedlove, his one of his the first right. second movie he did was The Beast of Whitehall, the A Bear Road incident. So right. That was yeah. over that way too. Um, so I mean, it's like right in Bigfoot Ground Zero, uh, right there. So, yeah. Uh, very very interesting uh, scenario. And I went out there, I poked around, and. You know, nothing really to see, um, just some driving around the area looking at the topography. And right. uh, the damnedest thing, about 50 yards, 75 yards off the road, uh, yeah. into the after you pass the wooded area, there's a power line cut. Ah, so, uh-huh. A little, little, little highway there. That's interesting. Well, uh-huh, right, yeah. A highway straight to the apple orchard, probably. <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> And there's a lot of corn out there too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. The funny thing is, is, is Whitehall has <clears throat> the last, um, I don't know, eight years or so has changed demographics a little bit. It's becoming it's becoming a big Amish community all of a sudden. So we have a lot of Amish oh. out there now, um, yeah. including on that side of the. <clears throat> if you were to travel straight and keep on going, you'd run into a couple Amish farms. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Our, our area here in Kentucky, we've got a lot of Amish people. And I didn't know it until I watched that. Uh, they had some sort of uh, reality show about the Amish. Uh, I, I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, yeah. I found out that they had the, the Amish Mafia is here local, you know. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know what they're doing, like stealing horseshoes or what. But they, uh, Yeah, I, I just don't. You know, there's something about a show where an Amish person drives a vehicle. Something don't sound quite right there. But right, yeah. I think he was probably a Mennonite, though, really, because I think they're allowed to do that. But right. I don't know. He claimed That's, Amish, though, didn't he? I, I'm, not, I'm not certain. I can't even remember. Man. But, uh, yeah, and, Amish, uh, Amish I, Mafia. I, I don't think they're even bringing that back for another season. But uh, Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't either. <laughs> Yeah, they they try they they tried capitalizing on the Amish community with with that, and then there was the the uh, the kids that would go to the city 
uh, like right. as soon as they turn it all, and then they would, uh, um, you know, then there was that show, and then there was another show that had Amish ghost stories. And uh, yeah. even though as you wonder how much of that stuff is real or not, but anyway, yeah, we have a heck of a show lined up for you to uh, for us tonight. We have my yeah. good friend uh, from from Texas, and he's down by where the Oilers play. Uh, Mr. Mo Michelle. Mo, how are you tonight, my brother? Um, doing well. Doing well, Steve. How are you guys doing? Well, you know, Good. you had said earlier you said earlier about the weather and it is actually sixty seven degrees where I'm at. So I'm happy. My goodness. You guys are spoiled. <laughs> well, I, I live in I live in northern New York now. I mean when I, I met actually we're uh, hopefully uh, we're gonna have Risha and John call in and uh when I met them, they met me up in the, the Adirondacks, and I actually live in that general vicinity now. Uh, where, whereas I didn't when I when I met him, I was living down towards the the capital. But now I'm up uh, in in middle of Saratoga County. I'm actually I live about seven miles west of Saratoga now. And um, yeah, the weather is about four or five degrees cooler than it is down by the capital. And it's only about a 35-mile hitch, but our elevation is up a little bit. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And it also has a reason to do why we have more snow in the, the capital area. Where they get, may get a dusting, I get an inch or two. So, um, yeah. but, uh, but so how are things down in good old uh, Texas? Well, here in the, in the Houston area, it is, I mean, it's super hot. I mean, I think the low tonight is going to be like 81 or 82 and uh, it's just it's just miserable. So I'm not doing any squatching right now. I mean, occasionally I may go out if I have like a public speaking up in my research area. I may go out and set out a recorder and stuff. But when you set out recorders down here, you usually get you know by the waterway. You usually get a lot of tree frogs, and it drowns everything out. So <laughs> come October, <laughs> come October, uh, I will be back out and back at it. <coughs> Well, that's the thing, too. Um, you know, you're like Chris and me. You're not a young guy. Um, we're, we're, we're kind of up there. Uh, not not quite old guys, but not quite young guys either. And uh, we, we've <laughs> – just like how I put that one. <clears throat> but we're kind of at we're kind of at that age. Nope, too hot. Nope, too cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, nothing's too cold for me. <laughs> I love the cold. I mean, I'm, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. And I love the cold. I mean, I can go out at minus 17 and no problem. But, you know, when you get up to like 98 degrees and you're out in the Texas forest, I don't care how thick the canopy is in the trees and the humidity just hits you, it's miserable. So I take the summers off. And that's what what a lot of people don't realize that on the east side of Texas, there is a lot of humidity. Not so much on the west side, but on the east side, it's – I know I've been up in the – uh, the Paris, Texas area uh, on a few occasions to do Bigfoot research. And I know how warm and humid it gets on that east side of Texas. And, uh, of course, I always followed it up with a trip to Falk, Arkansas, which is always fun. Nice. So, right. But uh, so anyway, uh, you know, uh, we, we're going to we're going to hop right into it. And, uh, you know, I always ask uh, the, 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 the starting shot and it's always. How in the hell did you get involved in this crazy Bigfoot business? Well, I mean, as a kid, I watched all the movies. You know, I've seen the uh, Leonard Nimoy in search of stuff. And, I mean, 
I was a kid of the outdoors. I wasn't a huge hunter. I was a big, you know, I loved to fish. I wasn't a huge hunter. I was a trapper. Me and my brother would trap, and we hear crazy stuff out in the woods. Um, Yakagani uh, used to go on fishing trips, and we hear crazy stuff. And, you know, uh, just growing up, we would hear stuff out in the forest that we just couldn't. We were like, what the heck is that? What does that, you know? So we just blew it off to it. It's something out in the forest. So I've always been kind of like a non-believer, maybe on the fence, maybe it's possible. But um, uh, in 2009, um, let's let's go from the 70s (laughs) as a kid, 2009, um, I moved out here to Texas. The housing bubble happened and uh, sold a house, came out here. Um, And just one particular April, I decided, you know, it's time. The kids are kind of young. I said, it's time to take them out and get them out into the into the woods, into the forest, you know, um, learn a couple of things. So we decided to go to uh, the Big Thicket, which is part of the um, – it's part of the group, which is the National Forest. Um, it goes over into Kuntz, Texas. So uh, we left here in the morning, got to the Big Thicket uh, about, I'd say, noonish, 1230, uh, went into the visitor's area, got a map. And decided to hit one of the trails. So we hit one of the trails and we're walking. It's about, you know, maybe a mile and a half, two miles in. We're not seeing a lot of people. And that's one, one thing my uh, my kids were saying, Dad, there's nobody else here but us. I'm like, yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah. So, so yeah. We, get to, we get to walking. Yeah, we get to walking and we're making noise and we're carrying on. And we come to a little waterway with a lot of down trees and some deadfall and stuff. And, um, I said, okay, it's time to pull the slingshots out. And my son's like, yeah. You know, he was excited about it. So we pulled the slingshots out. We're shooting marbles and stuff. I got some, you know, some uh, uh, big three-eighths pellets and stuff that I'm shooting. We're hitting, um, you know, my son, of course, saw a turtle. I said, no, you're not going to hit the turtle. Don't do that. Um, So we're hitting stuff, stumps. You know, we're hitting other stuff, rocks. And we're having a good old time. We're we're having a, a super time. And then... All of a sudden, just a, uh, you know, it was a nice day, about 80 degrees. All of a sudden, just a patch of mosquitoes can't, comes in and starts eating the hell out of my kids. And um, my wife wasn't joining in the fun. She was down on the trail a little bit, probably about maybe like, I don't know, 35, 40 yards down. And I said, go get some skeeter spray and can't come back up. So my kids, as they're leaving, I still have my slingshot out and, I'm hitting stuff, and I turn to my left to look to see what else I could hit because I'm pretty good with a slingshot. And, I, I mean, as I turn to my left, um, there is just something that catches my eye. And yeah. what caught my eye is what I thought looked like arms, just like mm. almost like you ever seen a person, you know, going out doing number two in the woods. It was like that. It was, it was squatted over, and I see arms. And my slingshot was pulled back. And then so I, I unpull my slingshot and I look over at it and the damn thing stands up. And oh. as it's starting to stand up, I'm like, I mean, there was like a million and one things going through my freaking head. And I get nervous every time I talk about it because I'm just reliving it again. And it just wasn't a pleasant experience for me. Um, I thought I was seeing like a gorilla. Okay. Um, but, I, you know, I was, it was going through my head. Is there a escape gorilla out here? What, what the heck is this thing? 
Um, is there a zoo near here or something, you know, a gorilla or some sort of monkey got out? And as it's standing up, um, it, it got huge. I mean, it's, it stood up, took about a second and a half to stood up. It stood up very, very slowly. And then I could see as it's standing up, I could see shoulders, okay? And these shoulders yeah. did not look like a gorilla's shoulders, okay? It looked like a, like a bodybuilder's shoulders, like, you know, a massive bodybuilder, like, like Luke Brigno times three. And wow. it's standing up, and I'm in shock. And my kids are still down there getting mosquito spray put on them. And it does something really strange. There was a fork in the tree that it was behind, okay? And it took its head and it moved. I saw its head for like a second. It moved its head in by the fork on the left and it and was hiding its head. It didn't want me to see its head for some reason. And then it took its arms, which were probably past its knees, and it took its arms and it brought its arms in, sort of in towards its torso, to sort of make itself, wow. I guess, appear smaller or, or, or try and conceal itself. And then it just decides to walk backwards. I mean, it didn't turn around or run. I'm expecting this thing, whatever it is, to run. It doesn't run. Right. It just walks right. backwards with its arms into its torso and walks back into the to, to the vegetation and the trees and the saplings. And it disappears. And after that, um, my kids started to walk up, and I just turned around and started walking down to to them because I didn't want them coming up here. So I walked down to them, and I was very, very flustered. And even my wife was like, what's what's up with you? What's what's going on with you? I said, it's time to go. I said, I've had enough of this. It's it's getting to be 80-some-odd degrees. It's hot. I I was making excuses. Skeeters are out. Let's go. He's like, wait a second. You drug you drug us out here to do this, and you know I don't like the outdoors. And now you want to go, and I, the reason I wanted to go is because I just I just feared for my safety. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so the whole ride home, I'm quiet. Um, I get home, get on my computer immediately, and I start looking into this stuff. Um, there was a gentleman that I called by the name of John Morley, and I talked with John. And he sort of talked me through this because I was very upset and right. I was pretty frazzled for a week. Um, but he talked to me and told me, he said, look, man, you had a sighting of a Sasquatch. And I said, well, that's what I think I saw. At first I thought it was a gorilla, yeah. but it, it's definitely what everybody yeah. describes as a Sasquatch. Then I started watching yeah. a whole bunch of videos. And of course the Pat- Patterson Gimlin film, which I laughed at, by the yeah. way, when I was a kid. I thought it was, yeah. you know, it was a shaky uh, film with a guy in a monkey suit. But when you look at the enhancements like M.K. D- Davis does, you, you could see that that is pretty much what I saw. But this thing was huge, man. It was humongous. Yeah. And it was black. But you could see the, the the sun was hitting its shoulders from behind it. You could see skin under the shoulders. You could see the deltoids move as it brought its arms in. You could see the deltoids got bigger. And, wow. um, yeah, it was, it, it was frightening. And, you know, every now and then I have nightmares about it and well, it's just my, people say, man, I want to see one. I want to see one. I want to see one. I'm like, man, you know, be careful what you wish for. Cause you can't unsee this. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Well, Mo, I got a question for you. If, uh, if you can go back, uh, to the moment of your sighting, I, 
I know it's hard to, to think about, but uh, there's, there's a detail that I'm interested in. I'm wondering if you noticed any discomfort, a fluttering or a buzzing or anything on around your ears uh, when you had your sighting or right before you had your sighting. Can you remember anything like that? Man, all I was focused on was what the hell am I seeing here? And okay. Okay. I was focused on I was focused on not running and just standing my ground and watching it until something happened. Right. Um, if it ran, if it was going to run towards me, I was going to run away to my kids and and right. you know I didn't have a weapon on me, but I didn't hear anything. Oh, I mean I oh, didn't wow. even hear I didn't even hear it walking. I, I well, yeah. I don't know if you would call it walking, more like creeping. It, it was so daggone stealthy. It was it was basically silent, you know. So I didn't hear anything there. No. So well, the only uh, pro- the only protect. Go ahead, go ahead, Steve. Well, I, I have a very interesting observation, and and you know my thing has always been behavior. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you said it did something really strange. It kind of wanted didn't want to show its head, and it kind of brought its arm into it, almost like both it tried arms. to make it both arms. Yes. And, and he, here's the interesting thing: what were you doing just prior to seeing it? I was just having fun with the slingshot, just hitting exactly, the exactly. Oh. It real, it realized it, and it, 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 it was probably observing you for some time, and I think it stood up to move. You saw it, and it decided to make itself a smaller target. I mean, that's only thing I could think of, man. I mean, huh? that's what I thought of. It was, huh? it was either watching me, or it was, it was tired of watching me. Uh, because my kids left, I, I yep. don't know. But right. why did it decide to? I mean, I did see, I did see something out of the corner of my eye, right as it's like it squatted, and then it stood up. And why did it, right. it choose to do that? Why did it just stay there and and, and just wait till we left? Don't know. I think because uh, maybe, you, you noticed it. <laughs> you saw yeah, it. You, know, it, it, it. You, see, you see that, that hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, it right. knew that I saw it. It knew. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. You, you, you changed your behavior, and it observed you change your behavior from a carefree type of movement to all of a sudden an alert. Just the way you would see a deer walking along, and all of a sudden you see the deer alert, or your dog. You see your dog popping along, and all of a sudden it decides to alert on something. It's definitely something. It doesn't have to be even – you don't have to know that animal to know it's alerting. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that's what had happened. And then it decided, well, it's going to try to extricate itself from the situation. And I think that that's a – that's pro- now, see, I never – I'm still, still there, Steve. Okay. I, <laughs> what happened? It cut out a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it cut out for a so, second, but Okay. So, you know, I, I don't know. Okay, you got me good now? Because I, yeah. I just got a little feedback. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So anyway, um, you know, I, I've never heard, you know, Mo retell his story. Um, you know, Mo and I met uh, over something completely different. And I know that and, and, and Mo's going to chuckle because a lot of uh, that, that individual is probably listening into this program or at least some of his minions are. Um, he, he's not up for discussion tonight. So no. you, might as, you might as well turn it off because we're not talking about it tonight. Right. So. We're not we're we're not going to add any logs to the fire or, you know, coals to the you know whatever. So we're just leaving that alone for tonight. Um, but 
I, I've never heard this story. I've known Mo for a while, but I, 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 we, we really didn't get into the minutiae of this kind of stuff. So this, all folks understand this stuff is fresh as, as fresh can be. And that's what I love doing on the radio show is hearing things yeah. for the first time. I mean, that's what makes it spontaneous. So, um, Chris, I'm sure you have another question, so go right ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of you were not armed. All you had for protection was the slingshot, correct? Slingshot, and I had a little bit of mace. Okay. <laughs> Bought your mace just in case. <laughs> just in case, like, you know, rabid, rabid uh, raccoon. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You know. Right, not not planning on running into a Sasquatch, of course. But uh, I was wondering. Uh, I think I, I, I can. I know how how you felt when you saw this thing. But can you describe the feeling you got? Uh, did you have like an intense fear, a uh, shock, surprise, or was it all wrapped up in one? A, a total, a total. How, this is the best way I can describe it. A total yeah. shock, disbelief. It was like shock, disbelief, like, I, I can't be seeing this. There's no way I'm seeing this, but I am seeing right. this. And I'm not crazy, right. you know? And I got my good glasses on. These glasses work perfect, you know? And just a million yeah. other things ran through my head, like, you know, as this thing's in front of me. Like, what the hell is this? But it was utter shock. No amazement whatsoever. Not like, this, was, this is cool that I'm seeing this. It was like, I don't want to see this, Okay. I don't want yeah. to see it. Yeah. Well, the uh, the the area where the creature was at uh, is would did you walk past it when you guys came in, or was it uh, a, a little farther away from the path? It was across the water. Do you remember, there was there oh, okay. there's like okay. this stinky brown sulfur water that runs through there, and occasionally yeah. you might see like a living. You may see a frog, or you may maybe see a turtle. We saw like two turtles. Um, and it was right. across, and it was anywhere from like 35 to 45 feet, uh, 45 yards away from me. Yeah. Well, what do you think first drew your attention to it? Do you think there was some movement? Did you spot some movement out of the corner of your eye? I, I just, I just, you know, I, um, being in the woods, traveling with my brother, I was just, I'm just alert out there to everything. Right. And as right. I, as I got my slingshot pulled back. And I'm I'm going to the left. I saw a just a tiny bit of movement from it. Okay, right. Like I don't know if it meant to move and wanted wanted me to see it. I don't know, but it was a tiny yeah. amount of movement. And then I just focused right there because I thought maybe, you know, what the heck is this? Something is moving there. And then it it decides to stand up. And as it's standing up, oh. that's when I just like wow. a trembling came over me, but I couldn't leave. Yeah. I just had to see what the heck this thing was. What's it going to do? And then as it stood up, there's the shoulders. It tucks its arms in. I got a small, wow. uh, you know, just a small glimpse of the head, the color of the skin. And the skin was so freaking weird looking. I, it's so hard to describe the skin when people ask me. You know, I tell them the skin was like if you could combine someone who's extremely tan with a pinkish mm-hmm. hue and gray mixed mm-hmm. in. That's the only way mm-hmm. I could describe the skin. Wow. Amazing. Did you get so, a look? Hey, go, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I just wonder if you got to look at its face. As I saw. I mean, sometimes uh, they've got hair on their face, and if you're not really close, it's hard to see anything. But uh, could you make out any details? 
a for a split second, I saw maybe what maybe looked like the side of the cheek. But I mean, th- this was quick the way it put its head, um, and it yeah. it sort of like it sort of jerked its shoulder and its head together. Not like not like turned its head. It just took both its shoulder and its head and jerked it, and it was like maybe ha- not even a half a second, less than half a second. Um, the head was humongous. It was just huge, and I could see what looked to be skin around the nose, the cheekbones yeah. a little bit, uh, and and like where the eye sockets would be. Um, the rest was hair, right. black, black hair, right. very black. Yeah. That's something that uh, that interests me. The area like across the eyes, uh, did that seem like that was uh, lighter, uh, like less hair there? Again, it was so fast. I mean, right? Um, okay, yeah, man. I, mean, I would just be I would be guessing, but I mean, the head was the the top of the head was of course hairy. Hit your spot. But I did see, hit your spot. I did see Scott. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. That was uh, me uh, talking to the dog. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I mean, it was fast. I mean, I, I yeah. would be, you yeah. know, guesstimating at hair, you know, eyebrows or brow ridge, stuff like that. I would be, you know, I just didn't get, yeah. its head just moved so fast. But it had a yeah. massive head. It was humongous, yeah. man, I'm telling you. Well, the next time you went out, did that change? Did that change the the way you went out to the woods? Now, I mean, do you go uh, armed now, or still carry the mace and a slingshot, or, or what? What do you do now when you go out? I carry a shotgun. I carry a cattle a shot- prod. A, okay. ca- a shotgun, a cattle prod, and I carry a forty-five. Okay. <laughs> well. Well, you know, here's here's the interest. Another quick observation, and, and just to show you how messed up Mo can be. <laughs> here he is. He didn't want to see it. Now he goes after it, looking for it. Now. <laughs> well, see, and that's the thing. That's the ultimate. That's the ultimate lure of these things. It's like I got to know. I got to know right. what the yeah. is going on here. And then when you hear about people missing in the forest and stuff, it, it wants to make you know even more. Now, I used to go out. Believe this or not, I used to go out by myself, you know, heavily armed by myself. And I have had experiences and encounters. I've been growled at, woofed at. I've had uh, tremblings, you know, that sort of stuff. And, I mean, the people that I used to hang out with uh, would say, you're crazy for going out by yourself, man. Or, Mo, you sure you want to sit on this bridge all night? by yourself and I had a terrible night on a bridge where rocks were thrown at my vehicle and um, I even had the, the pictures of, of the uh, dents in my vehicle from these rocks thrown in all different directions I was the only one on the bridge that night I, and I got out of there at 3 o'clock in the morning and said the hell with this you know but I used wow. to go out by myself because I was so curious and so drawn to this what these things are and I've had uh, four uh, total sightings yeah. Right. Okay, so we actually have a caller, and I believe it's going to be who else we wanted on the call. I'm just going to make sure that's them. 512 Area Code, you're on Squatch Detector Radio. Hey, this is Risha. How are you? I knew it. Hello, Risha. Good, good for you to call on in. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. 
How are you doing? doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> so hang in there, Risha. We're gonna we're gonna keep you live on the line, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna press on with, with Mo because uh, we'll just bring you on when uh, we're ready to bring you on. Just hang tight. We're there, and if you need to pipe in, you're you're live on the radio right now. So, All but right. uh, good like hearing from good hearing from you again. <laughs> Um, so, all right, Mo, uh, so that your next step was to get involved in research. And, uh, I, I know you, you, you got involved in some research. I don't know if the person to, that's going to be remain nameless, if that's your first, if you're, don't worry, I have one of those too. But, um, <laughs> we, uh, what, what, what happened from there? So you get involved in, in, in research. So, uh, yeah, my first contact of course was John Morley. And we talked and stuff, and he says, you need to get out there. You need to get over this fear, Mo. You need to get out there. Um, you know, you're a guy of the woods. You used to trap. Get out there, you know, see what these things are about. So um, I got hooked up with uh, a gentleman who got me in contact with a group. And I'm not going to name the group, but uh, started going out with these people and started having some other experiences like um, – uh, Logs and trees uh, thrown up against another tree, um, being grunted at, um, screams and hollers close by, and started realizing, man, this this area here in Texas, East Texas, it, it's got to be heavily populated with these things. So I got into it. I, I started becoming a self-taught crypt, uh, cryptozoologist, and it just it just went from there. Excellent. So let's, let's fast forward a little bit, um, because other than those real events, those were kind of the minimal events. But then you created your own little little group, the Sasquatch Researchers Alliance, yeah. and that that brings in uh, our good friend Risha, who I've uh, actually had the pleasure of spending some time with up in the Adirondacks with her and her wonderful husband John. And uh, and her wonderful children. We had a, we had a real good time. Too bad it got rained out a little bit, um, mm. but we had we had a, had a great time. So you got involved with Risha. So go ahead, take the floor. <laughs> well, Risha uh, came on one of our expeditions, and she uh, and her husband John and I we hit it off, almost like we knew each other all our lives. And uh, Risha basically stayed in touch and Risha <laughs> Risha's like a little detective herself. She found a couple of things out and we decided that we we're going to break away and we were going to start our own group, which is the Sasquatch Researchers Alliance, which is we welcome everybody. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know if we welcome the crazy kooky nutty stuff like, you know, um, the the aliens created Bigfoot stuff, sort of stuff. I mean, I'm not gonna say you can't join the group because of that, but we're basically we we believe these things are for most likely animals. Um, now, could they be Nephilim? I don't know. And everybody always asks me, Mo, what do you think these things are? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. So, Risha, John, and myself this group, and uh, and we take people out on, on private areas. Uh, we don't go out into the Sam Houston. We go into private areas where we know people have had experiences. So um, introduce yourself, Risha, and, uh, and uh, tell them who you are. Well, um, like Mo said, we met 
on an expedition and just kind of hit it off from there. And like you said, we you know, kind of founded this group, Sasquatch Researchers Alliance. We wanted kind of an intimate group of, of you know, like-minded believers that we could just provide a forum where they feel safe to kind of tell their stories, their experiences, and just a place where we can all exchange ideas and opinions and not worrying about, you know, being judged for it. So that's kind of how we got started, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And I think for both Mo and I, I speak for both of us, it's just become a real passion of ours. Very cool. Oops, sorry. Sorry, I was on mute. I didn't realize I was on mute. That's uh, awesome. Um, <laughs> and I'm so glad. <laughs> so glad you sorry, guys Steve, are doing something. I'm uh I'm in the chat room here. <laughs> All right. We had a uh, a comment from Tack said uh, Mo did a great imitation. Wonder if he could do that again. That call he did <laughs> from Tactical Bigfoot Research to Bigfoot Talking. Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard it on several occasions. Risha and I, the great thing about Risha and I is that we've heard similar stuff. We've actually heard squatches actually say a word. We've actually heard them scream out in the forest, screaming the word what. And it goes, it goes like this. What? Just like that. And yeah. when you hear it, first time you're like, what the hell? And then Risha has never yeah. heard it before until she went out to an area that I got a major, just a major scream howl in my vicinity. She goes out right. there with John, and they get the same thing. Right. Yeah, the, wow. the area the area wow. that we were in is actually an area that Mo kind of researched and, and found, and I think you had talked to some, some farmers out there, and they were having experiences, and, and that's kind of how Mo got them to open up and kind of let them know what's going on in their area. And that's kind of how we found the area where we, we heard these sounds. And the, the interesting part about the story is that when, when John and I went out there on our own, we um, had actually, the, the, the topography of the area, you have a farmer um, in a secluded area, and then probably about 100 yards away there's a small church. So you can park yeah. in this parking lot um, uh, before you go out in this area where we can kind of do vocals and do a little research. But the interesting thing is where this church is at, next to it the farmer has his field full of, of his cattle there. Well, the, the time that John and I were out there, we had, we had walked about 50 yards out in this main road that, um, that we heard the, the sounds. And what had happened is when we were out there, we, we hadn't done any calls, we hadn't done any wood knocks, we were just listening to see what we could hear. And so we, yeah. we didn't hear, nothing was really going on. Um, we weren't hearing many sounds, so we decided, well, we'll do one wood knock. So we did one wood knock. And then about 30 seconds after that, we heard this really loud howl that winded down to a low-pitched cry into a whine. It's similar to what people say, kind of like you hear a siren. And that yeah. that was just a shocker because I, I really wasn't sure if we were going to hear anything because we'd been out there a while. So then I thought, well, okay, let, let me do a call back. So that's when I did a call back. And that's when we heard this this loud, wah, and that freaked us out. 
So at that point, because literally it's just a wall of blackness down this, this road that we were going down. You can't see, you can barely see your hand in front of you if you don't have, have your, you know, your, your headlamp on. So I thought, yeah. you know, let's go back to our car. Let's just sit in there and see what we hear. And when we got back to the car, I noticed that in this farmer's field, all the cattle had kind of moved into the very corner of it real close to our car. So, you know, in yeah. my mind, I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe they think we're here to feed them or something like that, and that's why they're huddled next <laughs> to us. Didn't, didn't yeah. put any mind to it. So, you know, we did a few more calls. We didn't hear a lot. Um, then we decided, well, you know, we're going to go. So as soon as we started moving around, we turned the light on, you know, inside the vehicle because we had our, had our windows down. We had the sunroof open. As soon as we started moving around, from the very back behind us, we hear three loud, clear whoops. And I have never heard, you know, whoops other than, you know, on YouTube and, and people, the recordings. But it was so crystal clear. And immediately it dawned on me, I know why these cattle are all bunched up in this corner on our side of the field, because something was back there. So right. that, that was just my first experience hearing whoops, my first experience of hearing what Mo had been talking about, hearing this sound that's very familiar, that, that sounds like the word what. It's just a loud what, and it just breaks off. Wow. So that, that was, that's yeah, I mean, you hear Mo talk about it, but until you actually hear it, it really doesn't, you know, doesn't really, you know, sink into you actually there and you hear it for yourself. So that that was it was amazing. And, well, and, uh, you know, that that sounds mm-hmm. like a lot of the the noises and stuff and vocalizations that they hear around the Texarkana area, and, and you know, around mm-hmm. the, like South Arkansas and stuff. And that that, that mm-hmm. that's really interesting, you know, that the the creatures are are, are sharing that uh, that behavior. You know, and and uh, from one area to the other. Mm-hmm. Well, that, it is that, it is one big chain. You know, the whole yeah. East Texas mm-hmm. is one big chain, and you follow that. If you go from where they're at and you follow that northeast as the as right. it you know turns around the Gulf, that leads you right into Falcon, mm-hmm. Texarkana, and all right. that fun stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then you also have you also have a uh, we also had an experience that I mean I'm still in shock. Um, I, you know, I'm, I still couldn't believe this. Uh, we were out of a place in, near Jasper, Texas, and we get out there, and we were finding all kinds of crazy breaks. We're talking thick trees that were broken, still alive, placed here and there, placed, you know, replaced in one branch uh, or, or a fork. And as we're looking around and, you know, getting our, our, our bearings about us, we hear something, I hear something, and I had to actually, we all three looked over there, and then we looked at each other, and I said, Risha, did you hear that? She goes, Mo, hell yeah, I heard that. What do you think? Now, you tell them what we heard, Risha. <laughs> well, the, the area we're in, just to give you a little background, the, the area we're in is not far from the Angelina National Forest. And it's, it's yeah. an, uh, an area that, you know, not a lot of people go out there. I mean, the topography is, it's, you know, there's no hiking, hiking trails. It's poor topography. It's just not a place that people want to go to. So and that's one of the reasons we chose yeah. this area because it's kind of untainted. You've got to kind of bushwhack it, you know, wherever, wherever you want to go. The, the Neches River runs beside it. And if you want to get to the yeah. Neches, you do have to bushwhack it. And you've got, you know, half of the terrain is just not the big, you know, it's just thicket. You can't get through it. And the other half is tall pine trees. You can kind of traverse around and walk around. 
but the, there's one road going in, and it's the same road to get out. So we had our, our plan was to drive all the way down to the end of this road till it dead ends and to a cul-de-sac area. And we yeah. kind of heard rumors about the area. People kind of talk here and there. So it was our idea to go out and kind of just see for ourselves what's going on. So we yeah. get to that dead end cul-de-sac road. We get out. We find one trail kind of walking back that's got a large canopy over it that we, we kind of walk in, and it kind of opens up to a small clearing. And the, the first thing we noticed was that there, there was a, a tree, probably maybe seven, eight inches diameter, and right. directly across from it was another tree about the same size that was how it grows up, and it kind of turns into a Y and branches off. Well, the yeah. tree to the left had been completely broken, bent over, and splintered, and wedged into the Y of the tree beside it. So it was wedged in there. And the, yeah. the tree that was, that was broken was still alive. It still had green leaves on it. It was still alive. It wasn't dead. But something had bent it over and snapped it. So we were just looking at that, just talking about, you know, what could have done this, you know, kind of just, you know, taking pictures, things like that. And then we're just standing there, and we hear this sound. Now, I'll imitate it, but it goes, meow. And <laughs> Mo just looks at me. He's like, did you hear that? I was like, what the freak? Wow. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> and, and what's strange is we weren't scared. I, I wasn't scared. I, I didn't scare me because uh. it was so ridiculous sounding. It sounded like a man with the deepest, raspiest voice trying to do the worst imitation of a cat. Yeah, it was like, yeah. it was like this. It was like this. It, it was like, meow. Well, you know, yeah, most people yeah. when they think of when, when they when they think of Texas, they think of like wide open spaces and stuff. But I'm looking on the map here of where you guys were and uh, around Jasper, that's near the Sabine National Forest, within about around about a hundred miles of that area. I mean, you got the Sabine National Forest, you got the Davy Crockett National Forest, Sam Houston National Forest. You've got, uh, Angelina National Forest, yeah. Angelina, and, yeah, and, and Kasachi National Forest, Dewey Wheels Wildlife. Man. It just goes on and on. I mean, um, this is definitely, uh, yeah, this is definitely not open range land here. Well, yeah, were you guys we just, we just looked at each other in shock. <laughs> yeah, when right. you when you guys heard that meow, were you guys standing anywhere near Pussy Willows? <laughs> That's my only explanation. I got nothing. Uh, well, I had I had somebody their explanation. Uh oh, we think Hello? we lost Mo. Uh oh, Risha, you got me. Yeah, I'm 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 still here. Oh, we I, still I, got I, Risha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, oh. I think you know. Pardon my French. Mo. We we missed that whole thing. You dropped right off. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I was saying um, there are some people that say, well, you, there's a bird that makes a meow sound, and I know the bird that they're talking about. And this was not a bird. This this was a something with a deep, deep guttural uh, volume. I mean, the volume was was massive. Uh, it wasn't like overpowering, yeah. but it was it was massive. You could tell it was massive. And that's when I looked at Risha and John, I'm like, you heard that. Now, I know you heard that. And Risha's like, Mo, what do you think? I didn't hear that? Because <laughs> I thought I was crazy there for a second. 
and, and it's it's a whole little open area, and that's that's like I said, the sound itself didn't startle me or scare me, but what startled me was that I'm looking all around us, and there's nowhere. It sounded literally it was like five feet in front of us, but there was nothing there. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Were just so that's what startled me. Is I was like, where could this possibly have come from? It was loud, crisp, and clear, like there was a person standing in front of me doing the worst imitation of a cat that I've ever heard. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think it came <laughs> from behind those holly bushes, Risha. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there, to me, it was just it was just right there in front of us, whatever it was, and it just whatever it was, you would think that we could we could see it or, or something, but there was nothing. There was I didn't see anything. There was no movement. There was nothing else said. Nothing. Yeah. It's just right. one of those so things I just can't figure and out. The thing about it is, the thing about it is, yeah, Steve, is that there was nobody out there. We were the only ones out there, and we're far in. You gotta you gotta drive really far in to get into this place, and there was nobody there. Right. Now, yeah, nobody possible, goes out there. Nobody goes out there. Right. It's, it's, it, it's just, it there's no hiking trails, nothing. Mm-hmm. Is it, I think this may sound crazy, but is it possible it might have been just a bobcat? Nope. I, I know bobcats. No. I know bobcats. <laughs> I've heard them scream wow. high pitch. I've heard them do that like crazy, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, uh, hey, I, I, got a funny, I got a funny story for you. I was in Paris, Texas, doing some tree knocking all night long on this tree. And and my car was parked maybe 30 feet, 40 feet from the... So at the end of the night, I take my knocker, I take my chair, I get up and I walk back to the car, and a bobcat comes out of the tree going... He was... I was banging on his tree all night long, and he was stuck up there. Oh, that's a good one, man. I was like, he waited for me to leave, and then he let me know. He was not happy. No. <clears throat> well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this: this in this same area that because we've gone out there a few times, Mo and John and I, in this same area. Mo, do you remember the time we were, we were walking in the 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 areas where it's more walkable? You had the tall pine trees, and remember the the wood chopping sound. Yeah, that was crazy. It, it's an it's a fairly open area. You can see in front of you. You can see all around you. And we're walking, and we hear three loud wood chopping sounds. I thought somebody was chopping wood with an axe. So, of course, then we have our, our weapons on us. So I'm thinking, okay, it's got to be park rangers down in here because nobody comes out here. There's no, there's no, you know, campers out here. So I'm, you know, got my, I'm getting my permit out. I'm getting ready to be questioned, get, have a hundred different questions asked, getting ready to get frisked and everything else. And there's nobody. But it was three distinct wood chopping sounds and it sounded just like somebody was there chopping a huge chunk of wood and there was nobody there. Yeah. And we were baffled. We were like, what the heck is this? And then there was the time, Risha, remember you were sitting in the back you were sitting in the back, me and John were up front, and we got that scream to the side of us uh, out mm-hmm. out the path, out the driver's side door. I had the windows down and me and John heard that scream our way. Remember as we were driving up, going out, remember that? Oh, that weird sound. Yeah, yeah, y'all heard that. I didn't hear it, but I just they just look at each other like, what the hell was that? I was like, what, what, what? And they heard – John tries to imitate it, but he just can't quite do it. But he just said it was just a bizarre, weird vocal right in the thicket because when you drive down that road, literally on both sides that thicket 
I mean, you have to belly crawl to get through it, is about just, you know, three feet away on each side. So you're right up against it. And just, he just, yep. it just sound like some weird chatter talking sound. It can't explain, you know, imitate it, but it's just right there. And they both heard it. And I missed it, but they both heard it. But there's, oh. it's just everything you hear out there, it's so quiet. You hear it very crisp and very clear. And then it's gone. And then you cannot find out where it's coming from. Right. It's just, yeah. it's bizarre. And, and that's the, one of the, and the other things that, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, bud. I said, and the other thing, too, is you're not seeing anything. And, you yeah. know, like the wood chopping, you would expect at nighttime, you would expect somebody to have a light on or something to see what they're doing. Right. And you're not, yeah. you're not seeing that. Well, no, that, that's the thing. This was during the day. This was oh, during yeah, the daytime that we were walking. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm sorry. Walking during wow. the day. And so I figured I'm going to walk 50, I'm going to walk maybe 10 yards down this road and I'm going to see some park rangers and there was nothing. It literally sounded like someone was chopping down a tree. And it was gone. Nothing. No sounds, yeah. no, you know, no crashing through the woods, no you know, people running, nothing. It's just it's it's yeah. it's, it's such a bizarre Kind of, you know, I don't like to use the word spooky, but it is. It's a spooky area because all the sounds we've heard out there, we just can't explain. Yeah. That's one of the things, too, that the, the skeptics will say. They'll say, well, uh, you were probably in an area, you were being hoaxed. There was a hoaxer there doing this. And it's like a lot of the times it's this ridiculous. Yeah, some guy or some girl went uh, six miles back into the woods away from their car waiting for someone. Hopefully someone would come there. And they could make a Bigfoot sound, <laughs> right? Yep, exactly. exactly. Or make a meow, you know? or, or make a meow sound. They're waiting out in the middle of yeah. a dead end cul-de-sac right. with mosquitoes yeah. and chiggers, waiting, hoping people yeah. show up so they could go meow. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's more ridiculous and than you, the actual the hear, situation. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you, you hear other stuff like. Yeah. Well, dude, man, there's people that live out in that forest. You know that, don't you? I'm like, yeah, people that do that and meow at you with a deep voice and, and just do all this crazy nonsense, uh, they, they live out there. Yeah, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Yes, you just <laughs> <laughs> end up catching a right. slug to keep doing that. Uh, right. Yeah, I, well, I want to hear about the uh, I want to hear about the handprint. Oh, on my on my car. Yeah, I want to hear that story. I, that was pretty well, impressive. Well, I went out with two people. We uh, we parked at a hunter's camp, and um, my uh, my vehicle it had a little sensor on it. Light would come on if anything touches it. So we're out, we're, we're exploring, looking for tracks and stuff, and we're gone about an hour. We come back, and as we're walking back, um, guy says to me, he says, "Mo, did you leave your car light on, man? You probably have a dead battery." I'm like, "No, I didn't leave my car light on. Um, I have." A, a vehicle that has a sensor if something touches it then the light comes on and the light will stay on for like five minutes so something may have just touched this like five minutes ago so he goes he's like seriously i said yeah man i said if there's nothing out here to touch it except you know what i'm like don't even sit so <laughs> we, yeah. go up to, we go up to the car and we look at it and i have the picture if you, if you want to go to the sasquatch research researchers alliance um, on Facebook, you can look at it. I have a picture of the, it, it looks to be like a hand was curled, like almost looking into the glass. And all I could, 
guess is maybe it's a pinky, but if it's a pinky, it's an eight and a half inch pinky. All right. Uh, and yeah, yeah. there, there was, there was, there were ridges in there. There were fingerprints in that thing. And I have one really good picture of it. And the thing is massive. And we were all yeah. freaked out that night. We were like, wow, the thing was in the camp while we were an hour away walking. Wow. Well, that's, that's what they do. Um, you know, their they're natural curiosity. Uh, and I think some of the rock throwing has something to do with it, too. Like, I bet you anything that something was chucking rocks just to make sure that nobody was there first and then came in for a look-see. Um, you know, I, 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 have you guys had rocks thrown at you? Uh, I've had rocks thrown at me. I spent the night on a bridge, and I've had rocks thrown at me. Uh, I've been out with people. I've taken people out. And we've had rocks and pine cones thrown at us yep. from all different directions. So I've funny, had that happen many times. Funny you should say that. When we did uh, the History Channel Monster Quest episode, uh, one of the guys on the Nezra team uh, got hit in the back with a pine cone while he was sitting <laughs> while he was sitting down. And, uh, yeah, that was quite a very interesting night. He actually had several pine cones, and then the last one hit him in the back. And uh, I, I really think it's to elicit a reaction, uh, which mm-hmm. is kind of a, a fascinating theory. But um, it's because some of the stuff that I've seen, it seems like, you know, we have, well, like you said, you walked out of camp. Once you walk out of camp, they want to check out the camp. And, and I, I, I've said this on the show before. Uh, a few years back, I, I had an incident where Stacy and I stayed back at the camp while the team went out and we just sat there in perfect silence. And then it was a good three to five minutes. And then a rock, a baseball sized rock came crashing in the camp and we could hear it coming through the leaves. Boom. Yeah. And, and I think it was just to see, Hey, let me see if somebody's still there. I'll chuck a rock. And if I hear some moving around, I know somebody's there. And, uh, you know, they're, they're very forward thinking. Um, you know, obviously, any kind of primate's a forward thinker. So a gorilla is a forward thinker. A chimpanzee is an exceptionally good forward thinker, and a problem solver and a strategist. So um, yeah. amazing, amazing. Well, um, I was out with a couple of adrenaline junkies. I wish I wouldn't have taken them out because they were really starting to get on my nerves. And we were like four miles in, and we were getting stuff thrown at us, and they were getting excited about it. They. they they thought it was like this is this is great, man. Mo, do some of your aggressive calls. I'm like, are you crazy? Are you nuts? <laughs> I said, give me give me your flare because I don't I don't have a flare. I said, give me your flare. So I take his flare and I'm I'm just scrolling around to the left and on top of this tiny little ridge. It's not very high. Two heads are popping up and down. Two massive heads, wow. glowing. And I'm like. You guys have the fleers, and you're not looking around. I said, you know what? We're leaving. We're going. Oh, I hope you push, man. So, so one of the one of the guys pulls up the um the sound sounds of Sasquatch of the uh, Sierra sound, and right. he starts to play them on his phone. I'm like, I'm like, I tell you what, I'm gonna leave your ass here. You don't know how to get out. I'm gonna leave your ass right here. He's like, okay, all right, whatever, man. We're never coming out with you again. I'm like, and it, yeah, I'm, that's good. I'm never taking you out again. So that was a pretty hairy <laughs> experience. We were surrounded by them, and they were throwing stuff at us, rocks and pine cones, and they were making noises, aggressive noises. So um, 
you know, again, I hate to sound redundant here, but just be careful what you wish for, man. Well, yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, Mo, I probably would have been uh, the same way. This is great. They're throwing rocks. Throw not me, more. brother. <laughs> not more. me. Not, not here in Texas, man. For some reason, down here in Texas, these things are aggressive, man. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. I I can understand that. I can understand the safety notion, very much so. And, and like some people have that flight or fight, you know, in them. And me, it's fight. And, and a lot like Chris, it's definitely flight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's just a natural I'll, reaction. Hey, there's something there. I'm I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna try to get my evidence, uh, and I'm gonna just leave it alone. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, you know, uh, you, you, I, I'm not really big on approaching uh, an, a, an animal that large, a wild, especially a wild animal, because, you know, you don't know. Nobody knows what's in its mind. What's it thinking? You know, is it thinking, okay, if you come one step closer, I'm going to tear you in half? Or is it thinking, <laughs> i got to get away out of here? You know, you, you never know. And, you know, that's another reason, you know, when I do go I, – you know, when I did go into the woods, I'd always be armed, uh, just in case. You know, I, I would. I'm, I'm especially. You know, I'm a no-kill advocate. I don't. I don't believe anybody should kill one. But that's just my personal belief. You know. But uh, then again, you know, if I'm if I'm getting attacked by something, I'm going to defend myself. You know, I'm I'm going home to my family at the end of the day, regardless. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe in killing one, but. Uh, a lot of people do, and you know that's that's on them. That's that's their opinion. Uh, but you know what? What do you what do you think? What do you think, Mo? I mean, it's uh, you know it's fine either way. But are you kill or no kill camp? Well, here's the only reason I think that one should be taken and killed. The the, the only reason is this mm-hmm. to prove yeah. to everybody that these things exist, and it could be right. dangerous to be out there hiking with your family. Now, we all right. know, we've heard of stories of people being taken and disappeared um, right. without a trace. And if it can be proven by killing one and showing to the world, finally, these things exist, and you're going out in the woods, be careful. Be armed out there. It could save somebody's life. That's the only reason I would yeah. say to kill one. Right. Yeah. I mean, people have, the, have the, the right to make an educated decision if they want to put their family at risk or not. Knowing something like that, you know, could possibly happen to to one of their family members. Um, I don't know if you knew, Steve, but John and I we moved to Northern Arkansas, and uh, yeah, I heard we actually, yeah, we actually went out to Devil's Den State Park this past week, or actually it was yesterday. And um, I before we moved here, I did a little research on it, and there was a hiker that actually disappeared. It's been a year ago this July that the hiker disappeared out there. And so I, I kind of read up on it, but we went out there yesterday, and I, we wanted to kind of just check things out, see what the topography is like, see how many people out there this time of year. But I'd actually gone into the, the visitor center, and I, I asked the ladies, I you know, kind of why they call it Devil's Den, and no one really knows. They have a whole list of reasons why people say, you know, through history why they call it that. But I asked the three little ladies, I said, you know, is that hiker, I know there was a hiker that disappeared about a year ago, is that person still missing? And they said, yes. I said, well, you know, can you, can you tell me what happened? And they just said kind of what the, the, the newspaper said, that the, he had gone out there with a friend of his, 
They'd gone hiking on the Butterfield Trail, which is a 15-mile hike. Evidently, they'd not gotten out too far. But um, when the, the, one, the missing hiker had forgotten some medication he needed, so his friend went back to the car to get it. And when he came back, the guy was gone, completely vanished. And they know it's not. They wow. were an animal attack because there, there was no blood, no str- there was nothing. And I said, well, did they, you know, did they have you know, people out there searching? She said they had you know, multiple search crews. They had drones. They had helicopters. She said they had several dogs out there. None of them could pick wow. up a scent. And I wow. said, well, what do you think happened? And it's, it's funny going back to, you know, how people try to rationalize in their mind. And she said, well, I think maybe he was having problems at home and he just wanted to disappear. And we think maybe he just hiked through the woods to the nearest road and, and hitchhiked out. <laughs> mm. And I was like, I can think of a lot of, lot, a few better ways to disappear than having to bushwhack it through that terrain. To, to, right. the, to the closest highway, which is probably about 10 miles away, there's a lot easier ways to do it. I said, but I, you can't explain to me why dogs can't pick up a scent. Nothing. Yeah. Well, I, I, and he, I could give and you he a still, good reason. They still could, haven't found him. I could give you a good reason why. Mm-hmm. Oops, sorry, I can give you an excellent reason why. And okay. as you know, I, I've been an investigator pretty much since I was 19 years old in one facet or another. And my my suggestion is the reason why those dogs could not pick up the scent because the guy was never there. And that the camper that reported him missing was full of crap and probably had something to do with his disappearance. That would be the mm. first thing. Because no matter if it's a Sasquatch or not that picks him up, there would have been some scent of him there. Yeah. And well, see, the strange thing about it is, is that the, when the, him and the guy were out there, he, they'd taken pictures like selfies together um, while yeah. they were out there. So he was out there at one point because he took selfies because that was handed over to the police. So right. Also, were they digital? I don't know. Were they digital, were they digital or, or were they film developed? Oh, they were, on his, they were on the guy's phone. You could tell they were selfies from a phone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, well, so then, I don't know. I just, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's. I all I did was read what was in the paper, talk to them, right, and they right, said, yeah, he still hasn't right. been found. So, and the and, and the yeah. reason why I'm such an ardent defender of the Sasquatch, normally not being violent, is because mm-hmm. obviously, and folks who've heard this show, I've done a lot of primate studies, and primates of one species very rarely attack primates of another species. There are certain mm-hmm. exceptions. There are certain cultural groups of chimps that will get small monkeys. There are culturally small pockets of homo sapiens that will that will eat monkeys, uh, poached yeah. gorillas. But just think of how our guttural reaction, our gut reaction is to seeing on a television a dead gorilla or how yeah. delicious yeah. a monkey aunt would sound right about now. Not very good. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, and this was something I actually learned, and, and I've read probably a good dozen or uh, so books on primate behaviors and how uh, primates, one species, interact with the other. And that's why Diane Fossey would get bluff charged by the gorillas. Chimpanzees do the same thing. Now, I'm not saying that it's not possible because, like I said, there are anomalies that happen. Look at the chimpanzee that ripped yeah. the woman's face off in Connecticut. Right. There are certain yeah. circumstances that once in a while that will happen. But those are yeah. usually within very close quarters of one another, not you know, not far away. 
Um, yeah. You know, if you if you get too, too close. Um, you know, you have the Arkansas account where Bobby Ford uh, ran into one. It didn't, it didn't do him any harm. It just traumatized him a bit and sent him to the hospital. So that was really the only, uh, other than that, than the alleged Bauman story that came out of Teddy Roosevelt's wilderness hunter, there is really no documentation anywhere to substantiate that. Now, I know we have the Native American tales of where yeah. a, uh, you know, where, you know, the, the Native American tales, oh, yeah, they would grab the children, they would grab, a, they would grab the squad. Grab the women. Yeah, grab the women and show. But you know what that was? That was an urban legend for the Native Americans. That was to basically keep the the women and children from going out into the forest by themselves. And that that was mm-hmm. the major cause of that that story, I believe. And that was actually uh, theorized to me by an, another Native American uh, that said, yeah. "Now nah, this is it's just it's just an urban legend to keep that." But I digress. I mean, it is an interesting thought. There are a lot of people that go missing, but I really think the root of a lot of people going missing in the woods is other people. That's just my opinion. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. yeah. But anyhow. well, that's yeah. the thing. I think the the behaviors seem to change those Steve, uh, depending on what area the the creatures are uh, like, and a lot of primate behavior has has to deal with. Uh, you know, learned behavior, and uh, so that, that's some nothing are, too. Are. I mean, the one, right? The ones from that area, though, seem to be more, uh, I don't know, physical. I guess you'd call it. Well, uh, as far as what I mean, name me one person that has gotten attacked by a Bigfoot. Document. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I can't hear they may be a little more aggressive in behavior-wise, right. but you have to yeah. look at where you're at. Are you near their territory? Perhaps you're near their yeah. young. You know, we don't know these things. Yeah. But I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I've, you know, we hear all these little rumors about this person getting torn apart or this person getting attacked. Right. But very rarely, we don't have any deaths or any really. Uh, nobody's ever been put in a hospital by one of these things. Yeah. So you know, whereas. With the bear population, we do have that. Heck, even with the deer population, we have that. So that that's why I'm saying I don't necessarily think they're in, they're violent because we haven't had somebody get carted off in an ambulance that survived a Sasquatch attack. You know, yeah. and that Not that's that we my know opinion. Of, that's, <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was a bear. You know, I mean. <clears throat> but when you have a, a bite taken out of you or a scratch taken out of you, we know a Sasquatch doesn't have or shouldn't have uh, canids like a, a bear or a dog would. We know that they shouldn't right. have claws like a bear or a cat should. So, yeah. you know, it's it's really one of those things where I think in certain areas, and I know on certain programs, they kind of elevate Sasquatch to be this violent offender. And I'm not yeah. buying it because there's no substantiation to any of that except for in talk. You yeah. know, I, I know Sasquatch exists because, well, I've seen one. Mo has seen one. Uh, we'll get yeah. to Risha in a second. You know, Chris Bennett yeah. has seen one. We know they yeah. exist. But, all right, how about an attack? Nobody has ever substantiated no. an attack. Only theorize 
you know, and, you know, there's a book out there, and I'm not saying it's a bad book. I, it's a very interesting read. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe someone who's list, maybe hopefully somebody who's listening, if, if they have been attacked or they've had have an, an aggressive experience, hopefully they'll call in and maybe feel comfortable telling you about it. You know. Hang on, hang yeah. on guys. I think we lost Mo. Oops. Uh-oh. Uh oh. You got me, guys. Yeah, I'm still I got here. You're on, Steve. Okay, hang on. I'm I'll put in the. Go ahead, Steve. I'll, I'll put in the call-in right. number for questions and comments. It's uh, area no, code six four six 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 eight two nine eight two. Mo, are you Does still anybody there? Anybody want to call in? Uh, maybe he'll call back Mo. in. Okay. No, no, I can't. I can't have him call in. I have to call him oh. for some reason. Oh, oh now he's not you. coming. Now he's not coming up on my contact list. Oh man. On it. Um, Technical issues. Yeah, I I I don't understand. Um, um, hang on one second, folks. We apologize for the technical. Okay. Uh, the exact reason why I don't like using Skype on a, on a conference. Um, yeah. Uh, um. I can't even message him right now. Um, okay. Okay. Well, Risha, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Hey, uh, have you have you had any uh, sightings yet uh, that you could talk about? I haven't had any actual physical sightings. Uh-huh. I, I've had yeah. one experience that's really stuck with me and just really made me passionate still about pursuing this this whole truth about Bigfoot. But it was right. back in May of 2015. And mm-hmm. it's actually at an area not it's it's not far from the Angelina National Forest again, and it was yeah. actually a time where we just it just we just wanted family time. We wanted to just go out we were, and just spend time as a family, just my husband, me, and my daughter, and just spend some quality time together, get away from the city. And we do it. We rent a lot of houses for weekends on that one of the Airbnb sites. So we thought, mm-hmm. let's just find a house that's kind of, you know, out secluded, out in the middle of nowhere to get away from anybody, just kind of spend some family time together. Right. So we, we, we found a house on one of these sites, um, contacted the owner, and the owner informed us, you know, it's pretty secluded, it, there's no landline, um, it's got sketchy cell service, you know, but she was willing to rent it to us for the weekend, and, and so we took it. Um, right. And again, we we had no no expectations to go out there squatching, putting up game cams, nothing. That wasn't the point. The point was just to spend time with our daughter and just to kind of chill away right. from the city environment. And yeah, exactly. we, uh, but you know, we. But with that said, you know, we thought my husband and I thought, you know, well, let's just take advantage <clears throat> of it. We are out there. We'll just do a few, you know, call blasts and just see if we hear anything. You know, just kind of goofing around. And and my daughter gets. She's not a big, you know, big believer, but she gets a kick out of it. So we thought, well. We'll do some call blasts while we're out there. So, you know, we, we got out to this area. Um, the, the the small house we stayed in, it was a small it was a small double wide, real cute little home. And mm-hmm. the front of it faced a dirt road with an open field, and the back of it, uh, you had about ten yards of, of just backyard area, and then you hit this right. big wall of just thicket, you know, 20-foot pine trees, oak trees, and you could not even walk back there. You would have to belly crawl 
just to get through some of it, right. just to get an idea of yeah. the area and what it looked like. Yeah. But we and we and you know we got there, we unpacked everything, and of course, keep in mind we're from Texas. So mm-hmm. anytime we go out in a secluded area, whether we stay in a house or we stay in a tent, we bring our firearms and we always bring at least one long-barreled weapon. So we we had brought <laughs> we actually couldn't get my husband's shotgun. It was easier to grab my AR, so I just took my AR with me. But that's just right. kind of how we roll here in Texas, okay? <laughs> wow. Okay. You so, tell them, Risha. You tell them. <laughs> oh, so, there's Mo back. We, Welcome back, Mo. Hey, go ahead. Tell your story, Risha. Go ahead. So we got out there and loaded the car, got everything into the house, and the sun was going down. And, again, the, the front of this house, you have the master bedroom with a large window with the, the one side of the house. You have the spare bedroom on the other side of the house with a large window. In our bedroom, there's a real thick drapery, so you, you couldn't even see out of it. Now, the spare bedroom my daughter stayed, they had that real thin material. It's like see-through. I mean, it's, I don't even know what the point is hanging it up because you can see right through it. You can't even call them drapes. But she had that in her room. So, and, and the house had like a back deck that went around the back all the way around to close to where the master bedroom was. And they had, you know, your your patio table, your 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 cooking grill, your barbecue grill, it was all out there. And then in the grassy area, right by the wood line, you had like a fire pit. But we got out there, we we did some grilling. We we went out there by the fire pit, which is right next to this wall of just wooded area. And again, you it was just in the middle of the night, it, it was a full moon, so it was so bright and everything was lit up, but you still it could it wouldn't penetrate more than maybe five feet into that wooded area and you couldn't see anything. So we're we're roasting marshmallows and I'm I'm doing okay. I'm not you know I'm just chilling and John's just not feeling it. You know he's just like keeps looking at the the wooded area in the darkness and said it's just kind of giving him a creepy feeling. He didn't want to stay there. So we stopped the marshmallow roasting, went up on the the deck. Everybody's getting tired, so I said, well let's do some call blasts. Let's just have some fun. We'll do some call blasts. And keep in mind when we go out to places like this, I get on the internet, I research it, I look to see if there's any activity. Nothing, right. no activity, right. no sightings, nothing. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm safe. It's okay. I'll I'll be fine. We'll just kind of goof off and do some sound yeah. blasts. My daughter will get a good laugh out of it. She thinks we're crazy. Yeah. So I and I record these sounds. You know, I play them off Bluetooth off my phone, but I record them from YouTube. So I played right. like the Ohio howl, and then I played like um, chimps, aggressive chimps fighting, and then I played. Yeah. Um, just just chip chatter. I, I was probably playing some pretty aggressive vocals, but in my mind, I'm yeah. thinking, you know, there's nothing going on out here. This is just, you know, we're just entertaining my daughter being silly, you know. If anything, right. I'm right. testing yeah. out my new speaker, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So playing some different calls, nothing. No, no sounds, no response, nothing. So get inside, go to bed around 11, 11, 11 p.m. We're asleep, and then... You know, we had been asleep for a few hours, and it was close to 2 o'clock because I remember looking at the clock. But yeah. what, I, what I feel at first, what I feel, and I'm a side sleeper, so I sleep on my side, one ear is like right up to the pillow. And keep in mm-hmm. mind, the, a double wide is kind of set up off the ground. It's on like these pillars. So mm-hmm. anything you drop outside, you're going to feel the vibration come up out of these pillars into the floor, and you're going to feel that vibration. Well, right. I, I feel this slight vibration, and it wakes me up. And then what I notice I'm hearing is I'm hearing 
running. I mean fast running, but mm-hmm. it's heavy. It's heavy footfalls, and there each time this foot hits the ground, and this is bipedal running, no doubt about yeah. it. It's yeah. vibrating the ground, and that's what was waking me up. But this yeah. vibration, it runs from the front of this house around the master bedroom to the back of the house and stops. So I'm right. just laying there on my side, and I, and I don't even know John's awake, but he was awake. And yeah. I'm just laying there, and I'm thinking, what? Because, you know, in your mind you're thinking you can't put it together because there's no way something that that's heavy that can make that much vibration, and you can feel it. It felt like a 400-pound yeah. person running flat-footed on the ground, but it was so fast. Yeah. And I yeah. couldn't wrap my head around it. So I'm laying yeah. there for a few minutes. Then all of a sudden, it runs from the back of the house all the way back around the master bedroom again and then stops. Now, And I wasn't sure where it stopped. But at that point, you know, I'm on high alert. Right. And then all of a sudden, I hear this mumbling. And, it, and my eyes immediately shoot to the top of the, the frame of that window. So I knew it was mm-hmm. coming from up high. And it sounded just like a man with a very deep voice trying to talk, but it's, but it's like if you put your hand over your mouth and it sounds like mumbling. Right. That's mm-hmm. what it sounded like to me. Okay. So okay. I was just kind of frozen. So John sat up. So I thought he heard it too. So I said to him, I said, is someone talking outside the house? He said, no, something's running around the house. So, and yeah. of course, within seconds, I mean, just seconds, kind of like we've all experienced, my mind's just going crazy. I'm thinking I have no landline. I have no cell phone service. I have no way to call for help. I've got something big outside this house, and then it hits me like a punch in the gut. I've got my 15-year-old child in this other room who basically has no drapes in her window. So oh. I, John and I, we, we both, I mean, we both kind of get up really quietly we grab both our handguns. We start to walk out of the bedroom into the living area. And that living area has a huge bay windows. We left the, the drapes wide open because it was so bright, that moon. It provided plenty of yep. light. And then right. we have to walk through it to get to my daughter's room where she's at. So mm-hmm. we'll, while we're walking to the living room, I, we stop because I can hear rustling around. And it, it sounds like something rustling in the dirt or the leaves, but it's low. And in hindsight, I really think to this day, if whatever it was hit, hit the ground, and it was almost like it was trying to get underneath the house because it hmm. sounded like something was crawling underneath. It was, it was, I can't explain it, but it was just rustling around. I couldn't make out exactly. I just knew it was low. It was by the door in front of the house. And I was wow. not about I, – I, sometimes I wish I had, but I was not about to look out of those drapes in our master bedroom. I just couldn't do it. I was so scared. My heart was pounding. <laughs> And all I could think of was something could come break down that door and take my kid. I mean, I went into mama bear mode. So yeah. we, we walked into the living room. We looked out the bay window. I walked into my daughter's room. She was still asleep. So I'm thinking in my head, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? There's something big. I know what was out there. I, I know what was out there. There's no way something that big, that heavy, running that fast is a person. It's just not. And I knew in my head, I was thinking, I did the most aggressive calls I had on that call blast tonight. Mm 
and I've mm-hmm. made a very big mistake. So Bruh. I'm I'm thinking in my head, you know, what have people said? What have I learned? What are the stories? So I thought in my head, okay, people say these things are opportunists, but they don't like taking risks. So I thought, okay, mm-hmm. I want this thing to know it's not worth coming in this house and messing with this. Just go away. So I go back to our room. I pull out my case. I get my AR out. I go over to my daughter's room, and I just stand in front of that window with that AR. And I just wanted whatever's out there to know it's not worth it. It's not worth mm-hmm. it. So I was in there. I don't, I don't even know how long, just standing by that window with that AR, just wanting whatever's out there to see me. We've got guns. It's not worth the risk, whatever you are. Right. Right. We, we didn't right. hear anything else. Mm. So I, I took a throw blanket, and I threw it over that so-called drape she had. I threw it over yeah. there. You couldn't see inside. We stayed at probably an hour, maybe two, a little bit longer. Never heard anything. Nothing moved, not a sound. Wow. So got wow. back in our bedroom, and we just waited out the night. We finally dozed off, waited out the night, woke up the next day. My daughter never heard a sound, never woke up, thank God, because if she would have woke up with that, me holding that AR basically over her, I don't know what she would have done. <laughs> but <laughs> she slept through the whole oh, thing. Oh, man. Well, so what happened later was that the- day – do what? Mm-hmm. So this was uh, around the Angelina National Forest area? Yes. Where this yes, happened? It's a okay. house. Okay. It's a small house that it's on one of those uh, Airbnb sites that we yeah. just rented to get away, to get away from everything. Never in a million right. years. About a half hour, to half hour drive. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Half hour drive. Yeah, yeah, I never thought anything would happen. Nothing. I, I would have never done any vocals. Nothing. I would have even gone out there with my daughter if I knew there was a chance something could happen. You know? Yeah. So the next day we get up, get outside. We're looking for prints. We're looking for anything. There's nothing. We could find nothing. No tracks, no prints, no no breaks, nothing. Right. So, you know, I I was, you know, and you know when the daylight comes up and the birds are out and it's beautiful outside, you know, you lose that fear. So you're thinking, okay, yeah. you know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I'm probably overreacting. So, yes, I was dumb enough to stay another night. <laughs> <laughs> so, that 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 afternoon, we got out in that back that back deck in the back, and we're grilling again. We're just talking, and from the back deck, like I said, you can see this wall. It's literally, it's probably about fifteen yards from the deck, ten yards once you get out down from the deck, ten yards out. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a wall of forest. You cannot penetrate that forest. You cannot because people said, well, why don't you walk explore? You cannot walk through it. You'll be lucky if you can belly crawl through it. There's just no way. So, but you could see the you know the pine trees, you know twenty, you know twenty, twenty, twenty five feet high, and you could see some oak trees in the very back mixed in with it. And I could see one tree. It looked more like an oak that kind of was slightly taller than all the other trees. Just saw it just because it stuck out. Didn't you know? Did matter to me? Whatever. So I'm talking to John, and then we hear this popping sound, really loud popping. Well, he thought it was gunfire. So he mm-hmm. hit the ground. And no, Chloe was inside, thank goodness, but he hit the ground. But I saw the tree, and I saw it coming down. It was falling. So I saw it coming down. It's making all this popping sound. So I, I knew it wasn't gun. And then you hear it just crash right. back there in the woods. Right. So, you know, John gets up, and I'm just I'm kind of laughing. I'm like, you know, it was a tree. Something just pushed or knocked down a tree. I don't know. It could have been a dead tree, but there's a tree. 
I just watched it fall way back there. And, of course, John heard it crash. Yeah. And, and so we didn't know what that was about. So, of course, I'm thinking in my head, you know, something going on here. What, you know, what is going on here? So we decide we're going to go ahead and stay that night, and then we're going to leave the next day. So that night I told John, you know, again, we were totally unprepared as far as, you know, bringing recorders or game cams. So I thought I've got a, re- a, re- a recording app on my phone. I'm going to open right. up because the master bathroom had one small window that opened out to the deck that's right on the side of the master bedroom. So I, I opened it up and I put my phone out there, hit record because it'll record for, you know, I think it has like a whole, you know, seven days worth of recording time, a lot of hours. Wow. Yeah. So I, re- I record it. Now, that whole night, we didn't hear anything. Nothing happened. Nothing woke us up. Got up the next morning, you know, got all our, all our stuff together, got our guns together, and we left. So get home. I'm reviewing this whole recording. And, and what I hear around, it was a close to 2 o'clock again, you can mm-hmm. hear the, the patio furniture was metal, metal furniture, and it's a wood deck. And you uh-huh. can hear the furniture being moved around. And it would just go, right. And something yeah. just barely moving it a couple of inches, then moving it back. And this went on for about ten minutes of just little bitty movements of the furniture back and forth, and then it stopped. Right. And that's all that was on the recording. That was it. Yeah. And, and wow. you caught a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. But you know, Mo and I really we tried to rent this house again because we we were going to go out there and we were going to do all yeah. kinds of research, but the owner ended up renting the home out, furniture and all, to an individual for one year. So, of course, oh. I, was, I was waiting for that year. As soon as that year was up, I, I called her, and she said, you know, she wasn't going to put it back on the rental thing, that her mom's really sick, and she's got to take care of her, and she doesn't yeah. have time. So she never put it out there again. But Hey, guys. After uh, this – mm-hmm. uh, I, I just want to let everybody know we're going to run over oh. a little bit tonight for by a few minutes, so uh, yeah. you guys, uh, you, we're, we're gonna we're gonna give them an extra ten fifteen minutes on the air if they just so we can close out the show, so you can catch that on pod on the on the replay podcast because we're going to be going off the air in about twenty five seconds. So uh, on behalf of me and Chris, everybody uh, that's listening live, have a great week. Keep healthy. And, of course, keep on squatching. God bless. And we're going to continue on now with Risha. Go ahead, Risha. I'm sorry. So after this happened and then we, we went back home, we you know, called Tech and Mo, told him what happened. So he we gave him the, the, the directions and the, the coordinates how to get out there, and then he can tell you what he found out there. Yeah. I mean, I went out there, and first of all, I couldn't find the house they stayed at. Uh, Risha and I were getting frustrated with each other. She's like, Mo, it's the house over here. It's got the chicken coop in front of me. You can't see. I'm like, Risha, I can't find the house. So what I did do was I went down the road a mile from the house, and there's nothing out there. I mean, and you get down this road where the topography is flat, and then all of a sudden you get down this road where it, like, cuts into, like, a little bit of a ridge. So you've got mounds of uh, earth that are probably 12 feet above you and you're cutting right into it. So I get out there and I'm going around and stuff. I'm looking at stuff. I didn't find any crazy breaks or anything like that. So I decided to drive back just a little ways, drive back and there's a little place to park there and there's a little waterway there. So I'm parked there. I'm in my little Subaru 
and I get out, and I'm looking around, and right at the road there, I see something that looks like a pressure print. I get up close to it, and I look, and it is a pressure print. And it was about a good 16-inch pressure print. So then I'm like, okay, where, where would the next one be? I look over at the next one, and it is a print. It is a very large print, almost the same size as the pressure print, okay? Now, it had some debris and stuff in it, so I'm, I'm pulling the, the debris out, you know. Um, right. You know, it, had, it had stepped on a little uh, twig, and it snapped the twig, so I pulled that out of there, and I took a picture of it, and I sent it to Risha. Well, as I'm taking a picture of it, I go back to my vehicle, and I'm mapping out the place. All of a sudden, a sheriff car well, SUV comes driving down the road. And I'm like, oh, great. Oh. <laughs> this, is all, this, this is all I freaking need. So he comes yeah. down the road, and they, of course, they stop. Hey, what you, what you doing here, man? Roll the window down. What you doing here, man? I said, um, I just looked at him, and I, 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 just, I just pointed. I just pointed to the track. He's like, what? Yeah. I'm like, look over there. So one of his deputies, he gets out. And he's like, what? I'm like, look right there by, by your tire. He goes, he goes, oh, I know what the hell that is. That's a damn Bigfoot print. That's what the hell that is. He says, that's what you're huh. doing here? I said, yeah, that's what I'm doing here. I said, I got pictures of it. He pulled out his camera phone. He took a couple. He took like a picture and then a picture. And then he got in and he looked at his partner. They gave each other like this look like, you know, um, yeah, let's just go. And uh, yeah. I waved at him. And he goes, and, and he goes, have a good time. So I just watched them drive huh. off down the road where I went down, and they just just went out of sight, went <laughs> out of sight. And, and the print's so um, clear. You can see the toes. You can see it's just it's the best yeah. print ever I've ever seen. I mean, and I wish we would have had casting material with you, but it's the best print ever. And I, but I, I was like, I told you, I told you, I told you what was going on up there. There's stuff that is, these things are out there. And the, you crazy, know, this area. Yeah, the crazy thing about the print though, is that I never seen a print like that before because the prints that I've seen guys, they really didn't yeah. have any uh, arch to it. This print actually yeah. had somewhat of an arch to it. And I was kind of like baffled. I'm like, could a really just large could Shaquille O'Neal be out here walking around barefoot? I don't know because it looked to me it just looked like a giant human print, not what I'm used to seeing. I've seen I've seen prints in the sand that yeah. were perfect where there is no arch whatsoever. You don't see any remnants of an arch. This one had an arch to it. Yeah. Well, I, I, have, you know, Ma, have, I, I it have seventeen inches. It was about seventeen and a half inches. Yeah. yeah. I have seen some prints here in Kentucky, Mo, and, and a lot of them, like you said, there's, there's no arch at all. But I, I did run across one set one time. There was like a little arch, but it was on the wrong side of the foot. It, instead of being like on the inside of the foot where you expect, you know, you and you and I to have an arch, it was on the outside of the foot. But uh, wow. everything else, yeah, everything else has been, uh, you know, no arch. Yeah. And that's what just it just threw me when I when I found that. Right. And so yes. I sent Reese the picture, and she's like, and she kept saying, "I told you, I told you, I told you." I'm like, it's not like I didn't believe her or didn't believe her story because yeah. Reese is a very honest person. I was I was just like, I, I don't believe what I'm seeing here. I never seen an arch on prints before. Yeah. It just felt good yeah. to be to be validated because what right. we heard was not a. It wasn't a. I think I hear something. It was 
vibrating the floor when it was running right. around. It was so heavy. And like I said, I don't know of any any 400 pound track athletes. So you know, <laughs> that can right. run that fast. And, <laughs> and th- that's that's one of the behaviors that uh, that they do that's really kind of strange too. Uh, that uh, Steve and I have talked about it before. If uh, you're out there at nighttime and you're in close where they're at, uh, you know, I've had this happen to me, and I, I think Steve's had it happen to him as well. Uh, you'll get a stomp, uh, something jarred the ground really yeah. hard. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, we were trying to figure out, you know, what the heck kind of behavior is this? And, you know, is it a warning to go away or or what? But that is definitely something that happens and you know it's amazing that you wouldn't think that they could be large enough to jar the ground like that but they definitely can and the thing is yeah, it, was, it, it wanted yep. it wanted to be known it, it purposely yeah. you know they can be they can be stealth they can be quiet this thing whether it's one or it's two i don't know but it right. wanted us to know hey here i am I heard your vocals, and it was mumbling. It was ta- It wanted us to hear it, and it was right by that window on the exterior wall on the other side of me, right there. Yeah. You know, it wanted yeah. us to know, hey, I'm right here. It was, right. like I said, it, it was, it would have been one thing if I didn't have my daughter with me, but knowing she was there and I had no way to uh, even call for help. Yeah. Right. You know, I had yeah. no land. I didn't have a, even have a landline. I was like, I'm pretty much screwed here. You know, <laughs> this thing tries to do something. You know. And definitely, yeah. when, when the kids are in, when the kids are involved, it puts you on edge more than if they weren't it's not, there. It's a too. whole new level. It's a whole right. new level exactly. of fear. Of fear. And, and that's, that's what happened with that. that's what happened with my first encounter was I was definitely afraid for my kids. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so, speaking of the, the, the footfalls and the foot stomps, I've had that happen to me in the Kasachi National Forest. I went out with a young man, and we had that happen. It was like boom, boom, and it was you right. felt the ground, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that the first time that that happened to me, uh, Mo, I, I was with a group of other guys. I think there were like three or four of us together, and uh, you know we weren't we weren't hunting for Sasquatch or anything. We were just out on the the back end of. Uh, um, my my dad's farm hunting coyotes at night. You know, we would call them in and then put the red light on them, and you know, goodbye coyote. Well, uh, we were back there next to a little wooded area, and we had just kind of, you know, kept, we kept moving from the center of the field over to the wooded area because that way we would catch the coyotes in the, the open area, open field. And uh, you know, when we got over to that little wooded area, we're we're just standing around there, and we've got the uh, the wounded rabbit the call going and we're standing around just talking you know just you know you don't really have to be quiet or anything when you when you're hunting coyotes like that and then all of a sudden there was this big boom and everybody stopped talking and started looking around at each other like what was that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know. exactly yeah and, and uh, like, did you I hear that yeah I... right yeah what was that you know and, uh, you know, I, at that time, it took, like, you know, maybe a, a couple of years before I figured it out, before that happened to me again, you know, and I, I finally figured out, uh, well, you know, it could have been uh, this happened back then because I had a creature, you know, when I was in the area of one do that, uh, uh, you know, far, you know, uh, miles away from that, that, that sighting. But, uh, you know, it makes you think, well, you know, a lot of times you go back, 
and these things are they stay hid so well. And I always tell people, you know, you, well, if you go out into the woods, you're going to have to change your perception. You can't walk around looking down at your feet all the time. You got to look, you know, raise your head up and look around and notice things. And if you think you catch a movement out of the corner of your eye, stop and look over in that direction and study the area closely because, you know, if you think you caught a movement, you probably did. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you yeah. can't. You can't uh, just uh, right. Yeah, our Go eyes ahead. are designed for movement. They're definitely designed to catch movement. That's the way we're designed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you know, ninety-nine percent. Yeah. Time the average person would just say, ah, it was probably nothing, and just go on, just dismiss it, right. and that's yep. not that's not the way you'll be able to see one. <laughs> Especially when these guys use their coloring to camouflage themselves in the woods. They're not stupid. Right. They're very smart. Right. Sometimes you know, you know, like you've backed up a lot of stuff between Mo and, and Risha. You know that we've heard. You know uh, we we know yeah. that they like to stay low. Sometimes we know right. that they they'll they'll use the ground to their advantage. They'll use the terrain, like the heads bobbing up and down. You know, yeah. well, you know when you had those two guys out in the woods, Mo. Um, we we've seen that. We've we've experienced yeah. uh, that quite a bit, where they're using the low the actually they're using the low ground to get around us instead of the high ground, and. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just uh, amazing. And you're right. If you've ever seen the squeaky footage from uh, Mike Green down at the Uhari yes. uh, Reserve, again, yes. uh, you know, how they creep up on you, you know. And yes. uh, Scott Harriot many years ago out in Oregon took a picture of one that was laying uh, under a log and actually got the mm-hmm. face of it. And you can see the oh. eye blink, the eyes blink. If you've never seen that, look it up. It's pretty pretty fascinating stuff. It's kind of hard to see, but once you see it, you're like, oh, there it is. So you'll see that kind of behavior. So, yeah. you know, there's been consistent behaviors, I think, and you guys have experienced just about all of them, um, which is awesome. Right. And um, so what's, uh, what's your plans in the future, guys, uh, for the Sasquatch Researchers Alliance? Well, I think what's going to happen is um, – you know, I'm going to basically travel around. The, the Bravos are up in Arkansas, and you've got the Ozark National Forest, and then you've got the other national forests up in there, and you've got East Texas here. So we're going to sort of do, uh, you know, ba- a back-and-forth thing. I'm going to go up there, maybe take some people with me. They're going to come down here. Um, I still take people out. I take them to private land. Um, so... You know, if anybody wants to go, they can get a hold of me if they want to go on private property. And uh, the other thing is we're just going to keep just keep buying vocal recorders because I've got some recordings that will just blow you away. I've got recordings of what we think are Sasquatches talking to each other. We put out a boatload of uh, glow sticks one night and just lit a fire and, and sat around the fire and put a recorder 150 yards away from the fire, and we got Sasquatches that we think are talking to each other. I had a, I had a linguist, a linguist listened to this and said, this is communication. This is, uh, this is actual, this is language. Um, so we, that's, that's our plan. We're going to, we're just going to, I mean, everybody's all about the video, but me, I'm about the audio and, you know, uh, being uh, an imitator, I can imitate stuff, and I just li- love listening to the audio and going out in the woods and doing the same sounds that they do, and get and see what kind of response right. we get. So, come, right. 
Come October, when the weather gets cooler, we're back out at it. That's what we're going to do. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on tonight. Um, You know, you can uh, obviously uh, catch them all on Facebook at the Sasquatch Researchers Alliance page. Uh, Very easily uh, findable on Facebook. And uh, I got I got to say, you got some really interesting stuff up there. Some pretty pretty uh, solid stuff up on on your site, and I, I love it. So keep up the great work, guys. Maybe I'll get my took us down to Texas sometime next year and uh, visit you guys. I, We'd I, love yeah, to have you. Great. We would love to have you. Yep. Yeah. yeah thank you for having us on. Fun trip. Oh, absolutely. Yep, and if you guys ever find yourself up your way, give me a holler because we'll get you back out in the woods again. So, Chris, anything you got? I just want to thank uh, Mo and Richard for coming on. They they were wonderful guests. I I really appreciate it. It's nice to have somebody on that just, I mean, every point they bring up, it just validates uh, everything that that I've learned as well. And uh, I really, uh, thanks again, guys, for coming on. The the honor was all on this side, and we hope you'll come back and join us some other time. Thank you for having us. We We thank you guys. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, folks, on behalf of all of us here at Squatch Detective Radio, we want to wish everybody a healthy and happy, safe week. God bless, and of course, keep on squatching. We'll catch you all next week here, Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Squatch Detective or squatchdetectiveradio.com. We'll catch you all next week, boys and girls. Be safe. Thank you for listening to Squatch Detective Radio. Join us each week on Blog Talk Radio, Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern, as your hosts, veteran Bigfoot researchers, Steve Culls and Chris Bennett, bring you guests from around North America, exploring the mystery of the beast known as Bigfoot.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.